Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Say this with me. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. The Lord God is a sun and shield, it says in Psalm 84, 11. He gives grace and he gives glory. No good thing, no good thing, will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. We're reading in the Old Testament stories about God's faithfulness in history in order that we can look at patterns and detect characteristics and come to understand what God's nature is, what God does do and does not do, and understand not so much in uh, methodology or, or in some sort of principle uh, kind of systems manipulation, but just in the sheer understanding of God's faithfulness and recognizing that it'll enable us to be receptive to that. Our faith level will go up and we'll be people that, yeah, I, I believe God can turn my nation around. I believe for the millennial generation to have a tremendous visitation from the Holy Spirit. I believe this whole race pressure right now can actually be healed and brought into health because Jesus is the one that brings in great connection. The people in heaven don't have this division. It's people from every nation, tribe, tongue, and dialect gather around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the great equalizer, the great common denominator, the great connector, Jesus. He broke the dividing wall between the Jew and the non-Jew. He came to break down the dividing wall between a holy God and sinful humanity. He came to set captives free. And he's the one that is the bridge builder. This is part of why you should, and I, and we adore him. Because he came and did such a great work for the joy set before him, endured the cross. He despised the shame, and he's seated at the right hand of God. He said, it is finished. Mission accomplished. Jesus raised from the dead. He's coming back. He's coming back to a glorious church. He's coming back very soon. He's coming back sooner than any generation has ever imagined. He's coming back to a bright move of faith, hope, and love, an atmosphere where people have content and enrichment, good teaching. They're, they're walking in maturity. They're, they're walking in understanding. They're walking in the light. Hallelujah. And so we see in the Old Testament a great example of how God helped ancient Israel come out of the bondage of Egypt and live in the wilderness for 40 years anticipation of eventually going into the promised land, Canaan, the promised land that flows with milk and honey. And there, God is faithful to get you out of a stuck position. God's faithful to sustain you during a holding pattern. And God's faithful to bust you in to a new dimension, out of the old into the new and into a promised land. And so here we are looking at these patterns of provision, coming to understand, getting in agreement with how great God is. Aren't you glad you serve such a holy and wonderful God? Take it personally. He loves you with an everlasting love. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He cares about you. And in this, you feel like a speck in the universe, and so do I. And yet, on the other hand, you're the apple of God's eye. You, you are a speck in the universe, but you're also the object of God's affection. How cool is that, that we serve a God who has the capacity? We have four kids, and we try our best not to be in favoritism and not, you know, that kind of thing, not to ignore one and, you know, have a preferential, uh, that's imbalance. We've always, as parents, wanted to be able to love all of our children, you know, and actually God 
we earthly parents try to do the right thing. How much more will your heavenly Father give that which is good to those who ask Him and give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Hallelujah. In fact, Lord, today we receive your Holy Spirit as our teacher to guide us to see and understand how gracious you are, your amazing lesson from ancient Israel from Deuteronomy chapter 8. May the words come forth clear and powerful in Jesus' name. So for time, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to read a lot of it. And here it is. It's uh, Moses, the people of Israel. They're in an interesting moment. God is really cleaning some things up and bringing blessing. And he said, all the commandments that I'm commanding you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go and possess. Say this with me. Do, live, multiply, go, possess. So he says, I'm giving you the word. I'm giving you these parameters. I'm giving you these, not suggestions, but commandments so that you'll be careful to do them. And as you're doers of the word, you'll live, you'll thrive, you'll multiply, you'll go, you'll possess, you'll be on the move, you'll own, you'll be productive. You won't just be consumers, you'll be producers. You shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness for these 40 years. You shall remember. This is echoed in Revelation chapter 2 when on the Isle of Patmos, the apostle John is being spoken to by Jesus himself to the Ephesian church, and he said, remember your first deeds, repent and do those things. Get back to your first love. Get back to harmonizing. Get back to be fo being focused. Love God with all your heart. Stay on fire. Stay in touch. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you and testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Now, we know in James judging scripture with scripture, that when the, anyone's tempted, tested, or tried, the Lord doesn't test, tempt, or try any of us with evil. But he does see our hearts. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. So that's why we should, as disciples, concentrate on developing a tender heart, a yielded heart, not a duplicity-type heart, but a focused heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. For from it flow the springs of life. Good news. Ezekiel prophesied, hey, God's going to take away the stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. So what God calls us to, he actually facilitates and enables. He makes us a new creation. God is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that doesn't get us off the hook with responsibility. It just clarifies that responsibility is responding to his ability. And so what we're saying is, when you're in Christ and the Holy Spirit gets in your life and the power of God's word gets in your life, you get changed into another man. Your mind gets renewed. Your tendencies, your flesh is still flesh. We're always going to have to deal with it. One time a minister told a story about a man coming up and said, pray for me that I'll be delivered from the devil completely. So you want me to pray for you that you'll die? He said, well, no way. Don't pray for me to the, that I'll die. He says, because as long as you're in the earth, you're going to have to deal with the devil with temptation. So we, we, we constantly pray, we constantly feed, we constantly... In fact, you know, Matthew chapter 6, the pattern of Jesus. He said, pray this way. God knows what you need before you ask, but pray this way. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then it starts getting into needs. It starts out with entering in with praise and thanksgiving. And buried down in it, as a discipline to keep, prevent us from just being narcissistic, self-indulgent, self-conscious, demanding in a consumer drive 
gimme, 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 the give part comes in later. The request part comes in later. It's first, there you are, God, mighty and holy. I enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. Friday nights I'm teaching in distress or in shame or in some sort of distraction. Look for something to be thankful for. And when you're overwhelmed or you feel blasé in your faith, look for something to thank God for, something to acknowledge, something to attribute to him, and start to minister to him and say, thank you, God, for who you are. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the blue sky. Or thank you for the cloudy day, which contrasts so I can enjoy sunshine when it does come. Thank you, Lord, for this change of seasons and the beautiful leaves. People fly all the way from California to come to St. Louis to look at the leaves changing. And I get to see them in my own yard. Thank you, God, that you saved me, that you called me out of sin and bondage, that you washed my sins white as snow, you made me a new creature in Christ. Thank you, God, that your mercy triumphs over judgment. Thank you, God, that when I pray, you even have your ear inclined to it. Thank you. Everybody say, thank you, God. This is a big thank you chapter. Remember all the ways the Lord has helped you, treated you, and led you, and walked you through things. He's saying this to Israel. He's saying this to us saying this to us today. He humbled you and let you go hungry and fed you with manna. Everybody say manna. Can anybody tell me what manna is? It's food from heaven. Somebody said, what is it? That's what the word manna means. It, what is it? We really don't know what it is. It's, God's kept it as a mystery. Theologians, archaeologists, uh, people of history study this stuff, and they don't really know what manna is. They just know God supplied it. And there's a substance or something of God's consistent and continual grace. It takes faith to apprehend. But we're people of faith. We're good to go with it. It translates into tangible manifestation. God said, hey, I'm going to call you out. Let my people go. Dealt with Egypt with a bunch of plagues. Set the people free. They marched out. He parted the Red Sea. He literally parted the Red Sea. They walked as though it was dry ground. They got to the other side. And then for 40 years, the Lord took care of them with manna. He said, the manna that you did not know. There's so many things I look at in my life that just is like, how did I get here? This is a life of faith. What an interesting life it is. Uh, you know, we have these airplanes flying over, and maybe at the end of the service, we're going to hear, yum, yum, I don't know. And some people go, that's so annoying. No, that's the sound of progress, and that's the sound of somebody pioneering in a floodplain and making something significant out of nothing. So I personally celebrate the fact that we have heavy air traffic over our church and a flight path right over our church because it signals something to me about a believer who made a difference when he left his, his, his cushy, high-level engineering job and branched out and barely, he said they, they barely broke even, but yet he pioneered something. He was so ahead of his time that he didn't really realize the fullness. It's one of the most impactful Air, uh, regional airports in the United States and the Midwest. And it, it represents actually over in the billions of dollars if you add up all that it means with transfers and jobs and all the sophistication of it. That may not mean anything to you, but he's a marketplace believer that got out there and carried the joy of the Lord into his setting. Boy, I like that sort of thing. I like that sort of thing. That we can understand the God we serve and the patterns of his provision and walk in it long enough to actually see the, the salvation of the Lord pour out. Now, 
Israel leaves Egypt, goes out into the wilderness, and God's checking their hearts. God's seeing if they're going to love him. He, he said, I humbled you, let you be hungry, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live, look at this, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by everything that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. I wrote down in my Bible, Jesus was here. This is what Jesus was meditating on. He iterated it back in Matthew 4.4 and Luke 4.4 in the battle in the wilderness when he was being challenged. He remembered God took care of his people in the wilderness. And when Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, he was able to say, God will help me in the wilderness. And those of us who have been bewildered in the wilderness, he makes a roadway in the wilderness and he makes rivers in the desert. I just caught a glance of a man who had a job and the boss told him, fire these two guys. And he said, well, why would you want to fire him? He said, well, they're getting to an age where we need to fire them. He said, well, that's not a justifiable reason to fire them. They're doing a great job. They have had good marks. And they said, well, if you won't fire him, we'll fire you. And they fired him. So this godly man, out of principle, realized he reached a point where he's obeying and being compliant and being really committed. He's not contentious. He's one of the most gentle, sincere souls I know. But yet at that moment, he just felt like, I can't fire these guys. So they said, well, we'll fire you. So he was fired. So what he did as a Christian was he doubled up his serving. He doubled up and gave more, doubled up in serving. And the Lord, I know, has blessed him with an even better job, even greater scenario, even greater opportunity. Hallelujah. God provides. God provides. My God shall supply all of your needs. People ridicule this. Oh, that's, uh, you know, you're just, uh, it's an amalgamation of theology with the American dream, and you're just all excitable. And No, listen, look, God gives life and breath to all. He orders our times and the boundaries of our habitation. In him we live and move and have our being. We wouldn't even have existence if he hadn't breathed into Adam the breath of life to make him a living soul. We would not have anything had it not been for the reality of God's provision. Now, your clothing did not wear out. Some of you kids, your, some of your kids are hoping your clothes will wear out. Some of your, some of your mom, they're hoping your mom or dad, dad jeans will wear out so they can get you something better. But the, he said, look, they didn't, I, I took care of you. Look at ancient Israel. God took care of them with manna in the, every morning, mystery food. Water from a rock, a cloud by day, a pillar by night, a fire. I feel this for our church, you guys. The Lord has been so good to us. I mean, he gave us a heads up in the flood of 93 to get everything out of the building. For that, I'm so grateful. He set us in a position so we could, during that, like Joseph in the famine of Egypt, we could address the local needs. Because we're not just consumers. We're actually, as we read about God's provision... We're called, actually, to show forth his excellencies and understand that, that our faith appropriates abundance of blessing. Jesus came to give abundant life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to augment, to supplement, to improve, to bless. Uh, he, he came to be the resurrection and the life. He's the glory and the lifter of your head. That's why we are no longer called the tail, but now we're called the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. These blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son, whom the Lord loves, he chastens, 
Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in all of his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks and of water, of fountains and springs flowing forth in valleys and hills. Let's look at it for St. Louis Family Church. The Lord will bring you into a good land, a land of the uh, Bonham Creek and of fountains and springs flowing forth in in the Missouri River. No longer flowing this close, but flowing on that side of the levee and forth in Chesterfield Valley and in the hills of the suburbs of Chesterfield and St. Charles. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So God has, you say, oh, Pastor Jeff, you just veered. Can you take this and personalize it? Yes, I can. Because that God is our God. He's faithful. How do I know that? He's faithful to a thousand generations. And we, we... You can't do this in every scripture. Some scripture was just for that historical moment. But when you discover a pattern of provision and you see and detect the nature and characteristics of God, and it becomes a blanket statement and it becomes a, a general point, then we have the biblical right of interpretation to take that and say, that God is my God. As he was faithful to them, he's faithful to me. It's different. We're not going to Canaan in a literal promised land by the Mediterranean, but we are coming into our breakthrough. We are brought into the kingdom for such a time as this, a land of wheat and barley, a land of pomegranates, oil and olive oil and honey, a land where you will eat food without scarcity in which you will not lack anything. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. The King James says bronze. Bronze is copper and 12% tin. And you mix that together. That was the Bronze Age. God had provision in the dirt for them to extract something from the dirt to cause and define an era. There is stuff God has for you and me that we don't even know that's yet to be discovered. There are blessings that we don't even detect right now. There are things we can't, there's manna that we can't even, what's the, how did God do such a wonderful thing in my life? Hallelujah. Who in here has been saved, healed, blessed at some, at some moment or something? You've had answers to prayer. Listen, how many of you have really hard situations you're dealing with? So we look at those with that and say, that God is faithful. And, and this mountain can be removed. God moved mountains for the people of ancient Israel That God is our God. Let's go down to verse 18. It says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you power to make wealth that he may confirm or establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. I stand at attention to this great and mighty God who has set something in motion that is so pure and holy. It's so much bigger than all of us. And yet he includes us in this wonderful thing. And he knows our deal. He knows our down-sitting and our uprising, our flaws and failures. And he's made provision to cover us with his own son's shed blood. So we don't have to be in bondage. And we don't have to walk in condemnation or shame. And if and when we do, we can find something to thank God for, repent, and get back on track. And he will immediately receive us and bring us back into sonship and fellowship and operate in the move of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And so... Whatever your deal is, build and develop your faith for it. If you're depressed, study about joy. If you're anxious, study about God caring for you. 
If you need breakthrough and, and answer to prayer, meditate on the promises of the provision that these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. And actually believe it. Don't just think it's for somebody else. Don't just project it onto long ago or up in the future. I would have despaired unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He brought them forth with silver and gold and there was not one feeble among their tribe. In fact, I pray, and I've been praying about this, maybe because I'm over 28 years old and I'm feeling some things and you know, as I'm going in life, I put some, I put some mileage on this chassis. And so being over 28 as I am, I'm aware of this. So I believe in for a great, great, uh, as your days are, so shall your strength be. And that he has grace correspondent to every moment. And no matter what the season, there's plenty of God's grace to turn things around. And God will prepare you and give you favor. God will rescue you if you just sincerely cry out to him. God's with you when you have a teenager. Hallelujah. God's with, that's a turning point in life. God's with you when you go through the valley of the shadow of death and you're grieving. God's with you when you don't know what to do next. You don't know who to turn to, but you can turn to God. And you know the Lord doesn't withhold and he really deeply loves you. And the father of lies tries to manipulate your mind. And you let God renew your mind and fight the good fight of faith. And you go to a church where there are wonderful people who pray. There are people in this place that are quiet and gentle, and yet they're mighty in God. And they pray for each other, and they pray for us. They pray for you. We wouldn't be where we are today if it hadn't been for the wonderful prayers of the wonderful people of God. And man, while we can't do everything and it's awkward right now, we can pray in faith and we can be generous and we can care and we can actually use our faith to see the devil back off of our city. To see the devil back off of our country. To see the nations come to the Lord and have a great harvest of souls. Because in fact, that's the bigger agenda. And, and, and that we would not go cold or lukewarm, but we would be on fire for Jesus. I believe we can actually be on fire for Jesus. And he can help us. And I believe there's going to be a whisper of God's a resurgence of fervency in your heart. Get alone with God. And when you're alone with God, it, go ahead and say, yeah, God, I'm so sorry. And I'm, I've, get over your, do it, genuinely repent if you need to, but then enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Get back on the sunny side of it. You keep associating it with all your failure. It's like, I, I can't, you, it's like being called to the principal's office, perpetually mad and disappointed with you. Jesus looks at you and goes, hey, guys, I forgave you. And I actually have kingdom duties for you guys and plenty of provision of anointing and power and grace and finances and everything you need to see the will of God come to pass in your upcoming days. Put your hand on your heart. Say, my God shall supply all of my needs. Elbow somebody say, all of your needs. And go like this, waved in, all of our needs according to his riches and glory according to his riches and glory. One more time, according to his riches and glory. By Christ Jesus. Amen.